Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Murray's gonna score! Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Right on the price. Right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. Two things. We said two things have rocked the NFL this week. Number one, the Cards' big dub against Big D. Turning that Cowboys defense into all hat, no cattle, we done reckon. And number two, the Taylor Swift effect. Oh, no. How Travis Kelsey Wolf has now added 500,000 IG followers and his merch sales are up over 400%. Uh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes confirming yesterday that he has now officially met Taylor Swift. Uh, if you're wondering, and I know you are, Wolf, uh, Kelsey and Taylor Swift, they escaped Arrowhead Stadium in a secret getaway car after the game. And uh, Kelsey now reports that he has spotted paparazzi in his front yard. <laughs> That is unbelievable. Paulie, it is the Taylor Swift effect. It is. And I know you know all about that, being the Swifty you are. By the way, you beat me to that joke, by the way. The uh, first Sunday night football game for the Jets since 2011. They're at home to Kansas City. Taylor Swift will be in attendance. And all the Jets <laughs> all the Jets' glory will be usurped by the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and, of course, Taylor Swift. So good luck to the Jets because, quote, it can always get worse. It will on Sunday night. Welcome into the Big Red Rage. Rondale Moore is our featured guest tonight, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi here. Ron Wolfley there. Paulie, who said I was joking when I said that about being a Swifty? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I am intrigued. I am intrigued as to how sideways it gets. What a complete <laughs> sideshow it'll be on Sunday night football. I mean, are you kidding me? They're the national TV audience. By the way, the Arizona Cardinals had the most watched television program of any kind in the Phoenix Metro market for this past week. A uh, TV rating of 16.9 and a share of 52. So big numbers, big, big numbers for the TV side after a big win against Big D. And uh, Wolf, what'd you like the most, by the way, coming off that win against Dallas? You know what, Paulie, going into that game right there, um, it was the fact the Arizona Cardinals defeated the Dallas Cowboys in the fundamentals of the game of football. <laughs> you know, it's been around for a long, long time, Paulie. But they had to do three things, and I was talking about this last week. If they were even going to be competitive in this game, they had to do three things. They had to run the ball. Did they run the ball okay, Paulie, in this game? Did they do Ding. okay? Ding. Uh, 7.4 yards a carry. They ran the ball. They ran the ball very, very well. And a lot of those runs were in a north-south fashion right at Micah Parsons as well. They ran the ball extremely well, controlled the line of scrimmage, they protected the ball. How many turnovers did the Arizona Cardinals have? Well, Josh Zero. Dobbs says yet to throw an interception, for example. 
That's right, Bully, yep. a big fat zero. So you take those two right there and then the red zone. How important it is to score touchdowns when you're in the red zone, when you're given the opportunity to actually get it in and hit pay dirt. The Arizona Cardinals were two of two. Two possessions they got into the red zone and two touchdowns they converted those possessions into where the Dallas Cowboys were one of five. Those numbers right there tell the whole story. And, of course, the word of the week, finish. Because in the first two games, you had fourth quarter leads. They vanished. This time, you closed it out, and you vanquished the Dallas Cowboys. Here's Jonathan Gannon on the win against Dallas. They fought, and they played hard, and it's what we've been doing for two weeks. I told them right there that the difference of the game was we didn't beat ourselves, and we made some plays. You know, execution was, was good there. Um, obviously, a lot of things to clean up, but some guys stepped up, made some big-time plays, but we didn't beat ourselves, and we made the plays that we needed to make. Honestly, Dallas looked like the Cardinals from last year. A slow start, plenty of flags, struggles in the red zone, right? Self-inflicted stuff. That's what Dallas looked like, and because that's what the Cardinals did to them. They came out. They were the more aggressive more physical team. I reported, Wolf, you know, during the broadcast that what Jonathan Gannon said at halftime, faster team wins. And he wasn't just talking about team speed. He was talking about how you react, how you implement, just that football IQ. And to me, you look at this Cardinals team this year, especially Kaiser White with his 14 tackles and that game-sealing pick at the end, it's a Cardinals defense that even minus Buda Baker is a fast defense for those reasons I just cited. Correct? Yes. No doubt, Paulie, it really is. And the other thing I like about the Arizona Cardinals and what we're seeing with this version of the Arizona Cardinals through three games right now, granted, it's still a small sample size, but three games right now, I love what Drew Petzing is doing with this offense. Um, Paulie, to me, it, it's it's fascinating. We use 11 personnel an awful lot of the time in rundown situation. First and 10, second and 1 to 6, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers. We use it a lot. What's interesting about that, when we get into 11 personnel, the Arizona Cardinals are running the ball more than they're throwing the ball mm. in that rundown. And it's just the opposite. The, the second personnel group that we use a lot in rundown situation is 12 personnel. One back, two tight ends, of course. But when we get into 12 personnel under Drew Petzing, granted, through three games, the Arizona Cardinals are more likely to throw the ball than run the ball. Wow. Very interesting wow. what Drew Petzing yeah. is doing right now, and I love it. I love the blending of the old and the new, and he's doing a great job at it. Think about this offense, and we talked about it all off season during the preseason, the whole cram it vertical, right? I mean, yep. right now they're number two in yards per carry. They're number five in overall rushing yards. Most rushing yards for the Cardinals as a team since, Wolf, you were the lead fullback in 1988. No way. Yes, indeed. Through the first three games, they have 469 yards rushing the most since 1988. And a big part of that, the explosives. They have eight runs of 20 or more yards. Do you know all of last season, the Cardinals had nine 20 plus (laughs) runs all season long? So there's that. There's a quarterback who can run. We saw his 44 yard keeper. And here's Jonathan Gannon on the development of Josh Dobbs. I, mean, I think he's played winning football for since he's been here. But, uh, yeah, I think you guys will continue to see his improvement as he gets more and more comfortable. But, I mean, you could ask him. He's pretty comfortable right now. He's making a bunch of plays for us. He's got good command in the huddle. He's doing a good job. So we knew Josh Dobbs could run. 
We didn't quite expect the 44-yarder where he hit 19.8 <laughs> miles an hour. Even faster in the next-gen stats than our guest tonight, Rondell Moore. We'll get into that a little bit later with Rondell. But, Wolf, if you're telling me he can run an offense, what do the Cardinals have here in Josh Dobbs? Yeah, wow, Polly. I don't know. They've got a, a guy that I think is going to be here long terms in terms of being a backup quarterback. I think I could see that. Now, again, they signed him to a really, really manageable one-year contract this year. But I could see him at some point in time being the backup quarterback here, the, the way we all thought Colt McCoy was going to be the backup quarterback and was for three years. I, I could see that happening with Josh Dobbs here going forward. Could you? Absolutely. Now, the question is, who throws how much money at him? He's making 1.5 this year. That is looking to be the steal of the year. In a league where Jacoby Brissett got $10 million for one year from Washington, $8 million guaranteed. Yes. What exactly is going to be his value in the offseason? We've got a long time to answer that question. Well, Polly, I'll tell you right now, if he's going to continue to play at a quarterback rating of 98.1, and that's what he is playing right now. He's, he might blow Jacoby Brissett out yeah. of the water in terms of backup money. So he's really performing well just watching Josh Dobbs again. And it's got to be so comforting for a Drew Petzing, of course, and J.G. and the entire staff, really, to have a guy that understands the offense, knows the offense, and is going out there and executing it. It's got to be very encouraging to them. So the Cardinals win against Dallas, 28-16. They never trail. They finished this game. They held on to the fourth quarter lead. And here is speaking of holding on to things, here's Josh Dobbs on just keeping that momentum going. Complacency is always the, the enemy of progress. And so many times, you know, when you've had success, you can become complacent. You'd be like, okay, like we've done in the past, we'll do it. Well, the only way to do that is keep doing what you've done in the past and preparing to go out, start those games fast, locking in on the game plan, executing just little things and walk through because it all translates to Sunday. So, you know, for me as quarterback, you know, I signed the leader of the ship, just staying on my guys, the team, uh, and continually locking into those little details because they help us on Sundays. All right, if I need to pump the brakes, and you tell me, Wolf, but here's my thinking on Josh. Dobbs. Yeah. He had never started a game until the end of last season. Year six, he started week 17, week 18, made a big improvement from one game to the next. He comes yeah. into this year, didn't get many reps in the preseason, comes to the Cardinals, eight days notice, starts game one, he has a passer rating of 80, game two, a passer rating of 100, game three, a passer rating of 120. He had never started three games in a row. He's never started four games in a row, obviously. That's what's <laughs> happening this week. So, if you talk about the guy with the aerospace engineering degree <laughs> and who does internships at NASA, to what degree is Josh Dobbs the UFO? Unidentified, unknown, finally getting an opportunity. A dude who had to sit behind Big Ben after he was drafted, he's finally getting playing time. They finally gave him the keys to an offense for an extended period of time. Are we finding out what he's been about all this time? Yeah, Polly, you know, it's still one of the things you got to remember, too. The Cardinals have done a great job of keeping Josh Dobbs in a balanced offense. Only had 21 attempts. Only had 21 attempts, and that's because you didn't have to have him go out and have 41 attempts in this game. So to me, keep him in that balanced offense. And, of course, now he gets the Niners defense in their front seven, and he might not have Hollywood Brown. We'll see a thumb injury Showing up on the injury report today, it's the Big Red Rage. Ron Dale Moore coming up a little later, all presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford.
They're going to send Cooks out to the left and two receivers to the right. Shotgun formation for Dak Prescott. Pollard to his left. Prescott the pass. Straight drop. Fires middle of the end zone. Picked off. Kaiser White with the interception. And then Mike Dillon, Dallas. Wow, Kaiser White in the middle of the end zone. I don't know that Prescott ever saw him. Shock the world, Kaiser. Shock the world. What a great job dropping off into coverage. Dak Prescott trying to hit Brandon Cooks over the middle of the field, and Kaiser White picked it. How about that? The quarterback of the defense, Kaiser White. We talked a lot about the quarterback of the offense, Josh Dobbs. They had one thing in common after the game. They were both holding on to game balls. Josh Dobbs took his to the podium. Kaiser White didn't let go of that interception all the way to the sideline and then into the locker room. And after the game, we had a chance to talk to him. He said, you know what? That was especially meaningful, not only his second career pick, but because he'd been working on that exact play call, that drop. And he said, according to him, he'd been messing it up all week in practice, finally got it right, and then boom, obviously nailed it in the game to seal the game and a win for the Cardinals, who, by the way, are seven points away from being 3-0. and Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's the Big Red Rage. Rondell Moore right around the corner. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and... Wolf, what has Kaiser White done for this defense in your estimation? Yeah, Paulie, you know, he's he's given him a, another coach on the field right now. Kaiser White understands the defense that Nick Rollis wants to run. He understands this defense. He understands what JG wants. This is a guy that makes sure everyone is on the same page. But what I love the most about what I'm seeing from Kaiser as well, this is a man who does not want to come off the field, Paul. Every snap he was in this game, every snap does not want to come off the field. A guy that is equally as physical as he as he is athletic. A guy that can hammer at the point of attack, get off a block and make a tackle. And at the same time, a guy that can drop into coverage, read the eyes of the quarterback. That's what he did against Dak Prescott. Read the eyes of the quarterback and drop off and then suddenly finish the play and make a play. That play was absolutely huge. And Paul, it was no accident that he was where he was. His brain told him, here comes Brandon Cooks. He's coming across the middle. I'm looking at Dak Prescott. He's looking at him. He dropped off because his brain told him to drop off into coverage. And he was in the perfect spot to make that pick. I honestly don't think Dak Prescott thought once once he squatted and stopped, I don't think Dak Prescott ever thought of him again. Remember what Kaiser White told us last week on the Big Red Rage, right? As a former safety in junior college, he has been known as a coverage linebacker. But the physicality, the downhill style that he brings, the ability yes. to go sideline to sideline, I mean, he has been the complete package. To come full circle to what you said, he has been a three-down inside linebacker. And now look at this Cardinals defense that despite – Quite a few injuries, right? Their number, they have 11 sacks. That's top five in the league. Yet they have the lowest NFL blitz rate of any team, which is remarkable <laughs> to me. Do you think the fans in Philly are freaking out over that still, Paul? <laughs> right. So there's all that. And then, of course, there's the red zone defense. And that might have been the difference in the game. Look, Dallas as an offense was one of five in the red zone. I know after the game, Dak Prescott, he was railing and whining and griping and grousing and saying, quote, we moved the ball up and down the field, we just couldn't score. Well, 
That's the object of the game. You couldn't get in the end zone. And, and here's Nick Rollis, the Cardinals defensive coordinator, on that. After a week of preparation and our preparation going into Dallas, like we executed better in the red zone. That was huge, you know. You know, honestly, the first two weeks, it wasn't really what you want to be in the red zone. Um, so I was pleased with the, guy, with the players and us coaches. Maybe coached it a little bit better, had a little bit better plan. But the red zone defense was obviously improved from week one and week two. And once again, that's without Buda Baker. They're missing two of their top defensive linemen and L.J. Collier, Carlos Watkins. They have some young corners like Keetrell Clark, who got targeted 11 times. He battled, yeah. right? I mean, so, look – from what I can tell, talking to the guys, Wolf, and you tell me what it looks like from up above and on film, but they're keeping it simple in the name of making sure there's no mental mistakes and the ability to play fast. Yeah, that's it, Paulie, right there. It really is. Um, yeah, you want these guys playing fast, but it's the MEs, man. I mean, how many times we've had this conversation over the years, Paulie, but you cannot suffer mental errors. You just can't do it. They will get you beat quicker than anything else mental errors and the breakdown because it all of a sudden when when it's it's not just one play where it happens but suddenly when you have a mental error and you have a breakdown and there's an explosive play that happens because of that it shakes the confidence of all the guys that are in that huddle it shakes the confidence and you know honestly there haven't been a lot of me's in the last two games the first game i think there were there were some ME's, but that seems pretty natural for the first game of the season. I don't think we've seen an awful lot of mental errors the last two games. Um, but I will tell you right now that the defensive quarterback rating for the Arizona Cardinals is very, very good. It's very, very good. It's mm. 16. It's right in the middle of the pack. 86.7, Paul. It's very good because last year it was number 31 in the National Football League. Wow. Dead Paul, seriously, defensive quarterback rating, they were number 31, 98.2. That's how bad it was. This has improved dramatically right now. And, man, you got to look squarely at J.G. and Nick Rollis. And they've been looking at this Niners offense for a long time in a lot of different ways. You're talking about a 49ers team that is 3-0. They've won their last eight division games. They've won 13 regular season games in a row. And they have what the Cardinals defensive coaches consider – well, I'll let them say it when it comes to this Kyle Shanahan scheme. Here's Jonathan Gannon this week. On offense, they got guys on in every group um, that are really, really good with the ball in their hands. The schematics of how they play the game, they get the guys the ball in space a lot of the times. Obviously, the scheme is probably the best in the world, truthfully. Let that hang for a minute. <laughs> so, and look, we know, we know the objective of Kyle Shanahan, right? He's going to disguise everything. Yes. He's going to keep you honest. As the players say, try and ungap your defense. Uh, he's going to play with your eyes and then take advantage of that. You're looking this way. We're going that way. And they're going to break tackles. And here's my biggest concern about this game for the Cardinals defense. Well, the tackling last week at times against Dallas could have been better, no doubt. And the Cardinals right now, They've allowed 299 yards after first contact, according to the analytics. That is third most in the league. And, of course, yes. of course they're missing Buda Baker. So, right there, you better bring your tackling against the Niners. You better, Paulie. It really is. I don't know. Who do you want to talk about first when you start talking about the 49ers? You know, it's, it's amazing. Their, their offense is number three. 
number three in the National Football League in yards per game and yards per play. And their defense is number four in yards per game and yards per play. Think about that, Paul. I mean, that's they're playing at an elite level on offense and defense. This is a team that is built on the line of scrimmage, and yet they have so much talent, so much versatile talent, especially when you're talking offensively right now. Paul, would it blow your mind to know that 21 personnel is the number one personnel group in rundown situation for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, when you have Christian McCaffrey and <laughs> Kyle Juszczyk, maybe not. I, I guess not. 47% of the time, they're in 21 personnel. By the way, 67% of the time in rundown, they're in a power personnel group because they use 22 personnel, two backs, two tight end, and one wide receiver. They use that a lot. 67% of the time, they're in a power personnel group in rundown situation. And here it comes. Attack the line of scrimmage with running plays and then attack the line of scrimmage with a fake running play that looks just like the running play and now you're actually throwing it using play action. It is a simple, simple scheme. It's amazing. Watching the game last week, the announcers were talking about how Wink Martindale was trying to light up Brock Purdy, how he was just bringing the house snap after snap. And I looked it up. The analytics say that the Giants blitz Brock Purdy on 33 of 39 dropbacks. <laughs> and and Brock Purdy went 25 of 37 for 310, two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating over 111. And by the way, both his touchdown passes came against the blitz. So it doesn't seem to matter what you throw with the 49ers. They are very capable of beating it. And when in doubt, they just go to Christian McCaffrey. Either they're throwing it to him, he's running. He is the one running back in the league with more than 50 carries under his belt who has a higher yards per carry than James Conner. In fact, they're the only two running backs in the NFL right now averaging better than five yards a carry. Paul, it is the most versatile offense in the National Football League. I think Miami is number two, <laughs> and there's no, there's a good reason why. Yeah. But I, I think San Francisco is the most versatile offense in the league. When you think of Debo Samuel, here's a guy that is a wide receiver who's, who's probably a better running back than, yeah. than he might even be a wide <laughs> receiver. And then you've got Christian McCaffrey, who's a running back. Who's probably who could be a better wide receiver than he is a running back, and he's really, really good at that. And then you've got the guy to tie it all together, George Kittle, that stud tight end lining up, a guy that can block at the point of attack and hold up, a guy that can run routes like a wide receiver, and a guy that actually can run the ball like a running back once he gets the ball in his hands. He's the most dangerous after after uh, he gets the ball in his hands, Paulie. George Kittle will run you over and truck you. He's a great runner after that. You just think of how versatile all of these guys are, man. It is it is an impressive thing to watch on tape. Jonathan, uh, James Conner said today, quote, it's no secret, they play bully ball. So we got to bring the fight to them. Uh, Yelda Froholt at his locker told us today, look, we got to match, if not exceed their physicality. So yes. that's the expectation. You know what's coming. Can you deal with it? Now, a year ago, you couldn't. You got blown out in both games, 38-10, to 38-13. So we'll see what the physicality is like at Levi Stadium, where, by the way, the Cardinals have won six of nine all-time at that venue. Hey, uh, single-game tickets on sale now, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. Rondale Moore is next on the Big Red Raid, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
play fake. Dobbs backing up. Throws right side wide open his four. He caught it at the 20 inside the 15. Knocked out of bounds. It was a gain of about 30 to the 13-yard line. Dobbs on the run. Throws the ball near side. And it's caught for a first down by Moore. Inbounds. A 13-yard gain. And Josh Dobbs again on the money. Snap to Dobbs. Going to hand it off to Moore. Big hole up the middle. 40, 35, 30, 20. Far side, 10. Moore to the house. Touchdown, Cardinals. A 45-yard run. If you climb in the saddle, be ready for the ride. That was Rondell Moore climbing into the saddle, running the inside play out of the gun, and he was shot out of a cannon. I tell you, if Rondell Moore sounds half as good as he looked on Sunday, hello, we've got a heck of a guest here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and the aforementioned Rondell Moore and his highlight montage from weeks one through three. So, True story, I was on San Francisco radio earlier today, and the first thing they asked about was, because you know these Niners guys, right? They're trying like, okay, what is this Cardinals team all about? New coaching staff, new scheme. The first question, Wolf, was about Rondale Moore coming Ooh. out of the backfield and the ways being used. So you know what? Now we get to find out exactly what the Cardinals are thinking and how it's working. Rondale, welcome to the show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Glad to be here. So uh, they want to know... Um, if you are tracking to be the next Debo Samuel. And I said, well, I don't know. Let's ask him. I mean, are they adding running back to your job description as wide receiver? Uh, Two-part question. First uh, answer to the first one is no. Just trying to be myself and go execute and be the same guy I've been since I was drafted. And then uh, that second part uh, with the running back thing, I mean, wherever I can, you know, plug in and, and be – a spark for this team I'm willing to do and I'll be excited and I'll try to go execute whatever's called. So Rondell, you would like to get more running back reps? Uh, Again, just to reiterate what I said, man, wherever they see fit for me, uh, wherever I can give the offense the best chance to go out there and execute and give the, the team a chance to win, I'm, I'm cool with that, wherever that may be. On the 45-yarder, uh, refresh. See, I'm on the sideline, and sometimes it's the best view. Sometimes it's the worst. It, tell us about that play. Just give us the football 1-1. Where were you exactly to start that play, and how did it develop? Take us through it. Yeah, so call the personnel that puts me at the running back. Uh, obviously, James is out of the game at this point, and I'm on the right side of the queue. I'm running left. Uh, DJ kicked out the end. They went four down, uh, hit it up inside the tackle, and there was a big hole. And um, after that, I kind of just – put my head back and, and let my God-given abilities take care of the rest untouched. So uh, great scheme. Um, everyone did their job on that play, all 10 other guys. Um, everyone got blocked, and, you know, I was able to get an end zone. Rondell, when you look at this offense right now, how, how does this offense differ from last year's offense? I just think from an execution standpoint, uh, we've been in some bigger personnels, um, enforcing the run game and making it a point of emphasis every week to go out there and, dominate in that aspect so uh, I think that's the biggest difference um and then again I think just the the attention to detail um and how we install things the questions uh comments you know everyone has the floor when things are getting installed and I think we all just understand what we're trying to accomplish and everything about the play each and every week um that they're being installed Rondale Moore is our guest in the Big Red Rage so one of the most remarkable stats right now to me is that the Cardinals as a team have eight runs of 20 or more yards. Last year, all of last season, there were nine. What do you attribute that to? Uh, again, 
I think it's just attention to detail. And obviously, you had a big workhorse in the in the backfield and James Conner. And I think we do a great job up front of, of giving him holes to run through. And and you know he does the rest. But again, you gotta tilt your hat to the guys up front, James. Um, obviously, our OC Drew, and you know everyone that's a part of that execution. Uh, shout out to the receivers holding it down on the perimeter as well. And again, we're just all on one page and when you have 11 guys on one page I think that's when you get explosive plays and able to execute at a high level. So coming into this season Rondell did, did you have goals and if so what are they? Yeah I, I, I tend to keep those um, you know within my family and friends and I don't tend to broadcast those sort of things but I, I think the end goal for me um, and everyone on this on this team is to win um, and whatever that takes is what you got to do so I think that's been big for us is is just going out there and doing whatever it takes to go to go and try to get a W. What does a win like that do for what Jonathan Gannon is trying to build? Dallas came in number one in a lot of power polls not a single analyst picked the Cardinals in that game so what does getting a win like that against that team just do for the overall objective here? I think it's big um we, we really don't get into he said this, she said this, or whatever. Um, and whoever is whoever is just trying to go out there and execute and, you know, run and hit and have explosive plays and not turn the ball over and uh, just go out there and execute. So each and every week we're trying to accomplish the same thing, whether you're playing the 32nd team or the first team. So just continuing to go out there and try to execute our plan and uh, just continue to roll. Rondell, how is the body feeling right now? How are you feeling? I feel great. When you when you were used in, in like the end of last season, right? I think you had, if I'm seeing this right, you had 24 catches in your final three games for 255 yards receiving in a touchdown. Did you feel like you built a little momentum the end of last season? And, and to what degree do you feel like okay, you know what, year three, I'm really comfortable in the NFL, and then once I get comfortable in this scheme, I got a chance to roll. I don't look at it like that, man. I, I feel like I've been the same player since I was 20 years old and got in this league. I don't think anything's changed uh, mentally for me. I think physically I've you know, added on some things and some nuances here and there and just obviously learn the game, get a feel for it, speed, things of that sort. But as far as that stuff goes, man, confidence has never left my side. Obviously, um, it's it's been some hard times with some injuries and things of that sort that, you know, it is what it is and it's part of the game and I can't control. But, you know, as far as that stuff goes, man, there's no momentum or this and that. I think that's... It's all overrated in my in in my opinion. It's and you just, and you know, Wolf, if he sounds like he's been there and done that, remember, he was the first true freshman to earn consensus All American honors in yeah. Big Ten history. Think about that, right? Yeah. So I mean, you had so much success at such a young age, Rondell. That I mean, none of this really phases you either way, does it? I'm trying to go out there and execute, man. It's always just been my my mindset about it, and. Things get rough, fall back on your training, trust the people uh, around you, and uh, just go out there and execute. So that's just what I've continued to try to do in and, in and out every year. Rondell, when you watch the 49ers on tape defensively, what are you seeing? Yeah, it's a good team. They fly around, they hit, um, they play sound defense, they try to keep everything in front of them, um, get a lot of zone, and uh, they got some, some really good players on both sides of the football. What has been? Has there been a similar approach by your first three opponents defensively in this Cardinals offense, or do you get a radically different game plan every week? 
I think as an offense, you have your base calls and runs that, you know, you like to execute and, and get going with um, every week. But, you know, obviously it'll change depending on structure of uh, the other team or what the D.C. has done in the past and things of that sort. But you always have your your, your base calls that you want to run against that work and stand true against any defense and any front and things of that sort. So um, do they get exotic sometimes with playing certain players or certain teams? Sure. But, um, I mean – a bunch of it is stuff that, you know, you do well as an offense. Rondell, you were talking about they play a lot of zone. Um, when you say that, do they close the middle of the field a lot more than they keep it open? What kind of coverages do they use? Yeah, I mean, they mix it up. Um, they mix it up. Yeah, I mean, they'll go three, three week. They'll play quarters. Uh, we'll get some Tampa two. Uh, bend, don't break type of defense. So try to keep everything in front of them. Um, and they, they will they will go man. They're, they're down like most teams in this league. So. And like a lot of teams, I'm guessing they show something pre-snap and then they change post-snap, right? Um, not as much as you think, truthfully. I think mm. what you see is what you get. Um, and they again, they've they've been able to execute that really well. And uh, I th- I think it's on the offense uh, and us to go out there and just execute. So when you look at their corners, what's your impression? Um, again, zone guys when they do press, um, physical. Uh, long, get their hands on you, um, and they've been able to cause some disruption uh, over these first few weeks. So, um, like I said, they they got some good players over there, and and it's in our hands to go execute. Rondale Moore is our guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. One of the things that really stood out to me was Josh Dobbs after the game. He's got the game ball on the podium, okay? His first win, first career win as the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. And he said the Michael Wilson 69-yarder was his third read. And I'm like, wow. Okay, if he's seeing the field like that already in a brand new offense, uh, man, what exactly is is the upside here? What, what has impressed you the most with Josh Dobbs so far? Uh, just as a way to come in and adapt. Obviously, he's had a little bit of rapport with Drew as he was uh, the QB coach in Cleveland while Josh was there. So um, obviously that played a part. But just to come in so quickly and, and get on page with us and build chemistry and uh, be able to go out there and, and, and sling it and have you know a ton of confidence while doing so. You know, for those that are listening right now, Rondell, can you talk about James Conner and just how important it is to get James Conner going in terms of running the ball and what that does for your offense? Talk about the importance of James Conner, if you will. Yeah, super important. Uh, that's a guy who, you know, has to be accounted for every week for a defense. He's hard to tackle. Um, he gets all the dirty yards, and it takes more than one guy to bring him down. And I think for us, we, we – feed off of his energy has great energy and practice in the game um one of our leaders for sure so super important to get him going early when josh dobbs trucked that free safety right in week two for the touchdown run there was james Conner on the sideline screaming it's a mindset what does he mean by that uh simple put as he said it's a mindset i think you got to go out there every week and just feel as if you know you're the best one on the field and if all 11 guys out there play like that and feel that way i think um, we go out there and execute at a high level. And Wolf, Josh Dobbs, he was asked this week about Rondell Moore, right? And here's what the Cardinals' starting quarterback had to say. As I saw from afar when he was in college at Purdue and then obviously here, um, as I saw you know, in person on Sunday, he's a playmaker. 
he's dynamic with the football. And so he's a big part of our offense in that. And the more ways we, we can get the ball in his hand, the more way I can get the ball in his hands as the quarterback, get him in space and take advantage of his matchup across the field, you know, it only helps our offense go. You know, in training camp, guys like uh, yours truly over here, right, Paulie Pencilneck, I'm like, okay, so you have James Conner, you got a big back like Keontae Ingram as well. Who's that change of pace speed guy? And, you know, in this last game, you're like, wow, maybe it's Rondale Moore. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Is that is that What does that do to a defense when you can vary, you know, sort of the thunder and lightning type look? Yeah, I think it's it's super cool, um, first and foremost, to be able to go back there and be able to execute. Um, I think for defense, it's tough putting bigger body type guys on guys like myself. I think it, it makes it tough for guys on the opposing side. So, um, again, what Josh said and uh, Drew does a good job of is just lining guys up in different um, places to get mismatches all around the field. You know, Rondell, we've seen you on a lot of horizontal action, a lot of jet sweeps, of course. We've seen you on a lot of screens, a lot of horizontal plays, but your 45-yard electric touchdown <laughs> was in between the tackles. Was it designed to go in between the tackles? Yeah, and uh, I actually was telling someone this earlier this week. During practice, I had been wide that whole week, um, and we got some more reps during a walkthrough, and um, eventually I realized, oh, this is probably going to hit inside the tackle. So um, DJ forced the end out, hit in between there. I think I saw Tristan in front of me blocking, <laughs> and then from there I just saw the end zone. And then later you were used as a decoy, I believe, as of sorts, and then James Conner ripped a 26-yarder, right? So all of a sudden the defense is conscious of that, and I'll tell you what, you definitely have the attention of the 49ers defense. That's what we've been able to ascertain. So, Rondale, best of luck on Sunday. We always appreciate the time. And keep it up. It's been fun Thank to you, watch Ron this year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, there you go. Rondell Moore, Cardinals receiver, slash uh, all-around weapon. And if there's one team that does it very well, it's the 49ers using guys in different spots in different ways. So we'll see what's on display in week four. Single-game tickets on sale now. Just go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. Back to wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. under center inside 40 seconds takes the snap takes a knee the ball game is over affirmation for what Monty Ossenford and Jonathan Gannon are building in Arizona the Cardinal players mob their head coach they soak him in Gatorade as they celebrate a 28 to 16 win over the Dallas Cowboys win number one perhaps many more to come in 2023 great final call Dave Pash on the Arizona Cardinals radio network Cardinals victorious trying to take that momentum into a loaded front half of the schedule they follow up Dallas with the road trip to the 49ers but look it's a game and game film that has to catch the Niners' attention. When the Cardinals go out there, they score on all five of their first-half possessions, including that 62-yard field goal at the half. They rush for 222 yards on 30 carries, 7.4 yards a carry, cram that vertical, and then you have 12 plays of 10 or more yards, four runs of 20-plus yards. So, look, the Cardinals are explosive uh, enough on offense and defense. And, look, if they want a team – they want a team that can match them in every category. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Wrapping it up, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley. Here's what Jonathan Gannon was all too willing to share with us on his TV show and with the media this week, Wolf, that the Niners generate the most explosives, and on defense, they've allowed the fewest explosives. So 
The defense, you know, is going to be buttoned up, even with the change in defensive coordinators going from D'Amico Ryans to former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and a lot of it has got to do with Fred Warner, Polly. That's where I'll start right now. I think Fred Warner is a Hall of Fame football player. Wow. That's what I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. This guy, you watch him on tape, he's as physical as you're going to want out of a Mike linebacker, and yet at the same time, he can run, he can move, he, he moves laterally beautifully. And he's got a beautiful mind as well. He gets everybody lined up and everybody um, across the board. The gap integrity of this team is really, really impressive. And that's saying something when you've got guys like Nick Bosa coming up the field. And you know these guys are rushing the quarterback first a lot of the time. A guy like Nick Bosa, they let him go. Javon Hargrave has been huge for them. Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave, this is this is very similar to what the the Arizona Cardinals faced in week one against the Washington Commanders and the two great defensive yeah. tackles they had. It's very, very similar. But now, Paulie, the problem is you got Nick Bosa on the outside of that as well. This is one of the best front sevens the Arizona Cardinals will see all season long. And remember, they let DeForest Buckner go via free agency. They drafted Javon Kinlaw in the first round. He's been nicked up and has been out of shape, but he's been balling. They got Drake Jackson in the second round out of USC last year. He had three sacks in the opener. So to your point, they are loaded up front like a Washington. Speaking of, here's what Jonathan Gannon had to say about that Niners D. You know, they got star power on all three levels. D-line, train wrecks the game. They got linebackers that flow fast. They can take the ball away. They're good in coverage. And they got a back end that plays connected with star power. Our team knows very well the challenge that lies ahead on Sunday. The Giants got all of 150 total yards in offense against that Niners D. Now it was a Thursday night game. They're on the road. They didn't have Saquon Barkley. I get it, but... If there's opportunity anywhere, Wolf, if you're Drew Petzing, where do you try and target? What is the game plan against that 49ers defense? Yeah, it's very similar to what they did to the Dallas Cowboys. You got to go on. You got to run the ball, Paul. You you have got to run the ball. You've got to do it successfully. You're going to have to pick your spots to throw the ball, taking shots down the field. You might want to go with some max protection, whatever it may be. But, yeah, no, I think you've got to run the ball just like they did against the Dallas Cowboys. The difference is this is a very, very good front seven. Once again, they're number three in rushing yards per game allowed, and they're number 11 in rushing yards per play allowed. So there is a little bit of maybe some breathing room right there in terms of trying to run the ball against them, but they are absolutely brutal on all three levels. I love the fact that JG was talking about that because it does speak to the defensive line the 49ers have and then Fred Warner, the linebackers as well, and then Talanoa Ufanga. Paul, this guy guy reminds me so much of Troy Palomalo, it's not even funny. He's out, and, of, he's out of USC, but he's a ball hawk like that, right? Oh, he's a ball hawk like that. He is, he's is. he got such great instincts. The Pittsburgh Steelers used to go ahead and take Troy Palomalo and line him up and bring him down into the middle of the field. They'd play robber, robber coverage, man across the board with a free safety high. You rush four guys, and then you have Troy Palomalo who's lurking, and you let him do whatever he smells out. You let him do whatever his instincts tell him to do. The Steelers 
Eagles did this over and over and over again, and Ufanga reminds me so much of Palomalo. What's interesting in that Giants game, that that front seven for the Niners generated pressure on Daniel Jones on 23 of his 34 dropbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. So, wow. So thank goodness Josh Dobbs is mobile, can extend plays. We saw that last week. In fact, you know what? More please when it comes to the quarterback run game. I, honestly, I, I really liked what I saw in, in a Josh Dobbs. And if you got an ultra-aggressive defense like the Niners, maybe, just maybe, you know, you can keep him honest with a, a Josh Dobbs and a keeper here or there. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. You have to try to do that, I think, Paulie. But um, you got to be careful as well. Uh, this is a guy that is playing very, very well. Again, through three games right now, he's got a quarterback rating of over 98. And that, I honestly can tell you, Paul, I did not see that coming. And once again, what is next with Josh Dobbs? Yes. What we've seen is a guy getting more comfortable, more accurate, getting more efficient. And based on what the guys are saying in that locker room, there might be more to come. Now, not necessarily this week against this defense. We'll see. We'll see, but this is an opportunity he has waited for literally his entire football career, sitting the majority of his first six years in the league. Single game tickets on sale now. Go to azcardinals.com slash buy tickets. Special thanks to Rondell Moore for joining us. A special thanks to executive producer Jim Omohundra, associate producer Cody Finchel, technical director Lauren Colville. For Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, right on the price, right on the corner of the Santan 202 Freeway in Val Vista. The Rage is brought to you by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.